Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Rachel Burrow. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting this wonderful Saturday afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Christina, for having me. Oh, you betcha. We're going to talk about how leaders, while meeting the daily demands of their business, can actually super thrive and excel. And it's been a real challenging time this past year with especially, I think, smaller business. Some of the larger businesses had the kind of structure in place to meet the demands of maybe having to all of a sudden work from home and have all the infrastructure in place, but maybe not so much for the smaller businesses. But you are a coach and leadership consultant at The Practical Sage. I love the name, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Um, but before we go on to all that wonderful sage advice, uh, share a little bit about your background with our audience. Well, my background's a little bit mixed, but like I say to a lot of people, I think what happens is at any given time in our path, we make decisions that are right for us. And it all kind of comes together and emerges over time. So I originally started out in psychology, which of course I use in my business all the time. And then I went into strategic marketing or strategic thought processes and how you really look at data, which is so important when you're talking about people. And even with coaching, we look at 360 data, things like that. And then I went into more organization development, went into learning how we learn and then leadership development, all of that. And to me, it all just came together so beautifully and I leverage all of it every day. 
That's so cool. It's it's great when you find, and this happened for a lot of people that come on the Savvy Broadcasting Show, is they're entrepreneurs that started out maybe in corporate or doing something totally different. And sometimes it was a, a crisis in their life. Maybe their kids went off to college or they, someone got a disease, but they had to they had to revamp. They had to restructure. Just like the past year has been a revamp probably for the entire world, you've had to now get out of your comfort zone and find new ways to do things. What have you found with your clients? Absolutely. I think what's happened in 2020, it can always be an opportunity and it's about how we choose to respond to what yeah. happens. Yeah. And there is a human instinct. And you and I were talking a little bit about this, <laughs> that there's the security of what is. And a lot of times the fear of letting go isn't about the unknown. It's sometimes losing what we have. Mm. And sometimes it actually requires something from the outside to shake us loose, to shake us out of that comfort zone where we almost have no choice but to respond. (laughs) And that's what I'm seeing is the opportunity that this has created shifting mindsets in a way that before people would say, oh, there's no way we could work remotely or there's no way we could do this or we couldn't do that. Mm. And as a result, it's challenging that paradigm in a way that sometimes maybe we're unwilling to challenge it ourselves, but when a crisis happens, we step up. Yeah, I love that. And I have a friend who's a coach and what he started doing, he said, almost all of my events are live. And I love that aspect of connecting with people live, seeing their face. I do too. I, I used to do these shows live on the road. And when you can touch someone, it's a different experience, the energy, when you can feel the person sitting across from you. Um, but you know what? Um, people have to revamp. And he said, uh, we we just had to say, boom, this is what we got to do. And yeah. now he's actually making more business. Because as we talked about the blessings of Zoom, he can Zoom in a thousand people where he could never have a room big enough to fit a thousand participants. Oh, absolutely. And you don't have to worry about as much of the logistics and the cost. And it just makes it easier for people to bounce in, bounce out. And it's just, you know, the ease of it makes people more accessible. I personally belong to a couple of networking groups that went online Mm -hmm. and they used to be in person. If they were still in person, I wouldn't have had the chance to connect with a lot of these people. It's been great. Yeah, it it totally had. Now, we talked before the interview, which was an interesting thing I'm finding with some of my clients is that they're huger businesses and they had to pivot because, you know, it was no choice. They were actually set up pretty well because a lot of them are tech companies where they could actually just set up at home. In fact, they were very easy run and go already because they're a tech company. So they look, everything could be done at home. It was cool. But you know how it is. It's like, oh, I want to keep tabs of all my worker bees and whatever. But now they had no choice. Everyone's working from home. Actually, they actually had a lot of growth. A lot mm-hmm. of the tech companies I'm finding have had a lot of growth. But here's the thing. Now things are starting to open up. People are starting to get back to more of a normal life. And they're like, oh, we got to get everyone back. They can't work from home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but what's different? Uh, well, let's change if we can find a middle ground. Why don't we just see if we can find something? Because now things have changed. Tell me what you think it is that people, even when they start to find something that works, something new, they want to switch back to the old way, even when the new way works. What is that about? You know, I think a lot of it is that even when something like this shows up and we step outside our comfort zone, we haven't completely let go of what was. And there's a safety or a security thing that we go to. And we do have some folks who are more risk averse Mm -hmm. than others. It's surprising in tech because a lot of the tech companies are usually on the bleeding edge of of things. And yet when it comes to people, Mm -hmm. sometimes they struggle. Technology, very innovative. People, Mm -hmm. not so sure. 
And one of the challenges becomes, I think, as a leader, we confuse activity or tracking activity with productivity. And productivity really means results. And so if we're going back to the office because we want control or we want to make sure people are working, then we're tracking activity. Then we're tracking activity. I think my mic shut off for a minute. Or uh, We're tracking activity and not productivity. And we what we need to do is get clear on what are the results we're actually driving and how are we tra- tracking those results. And then it's much easier to, you know, to be able to work from anywhere because you can see very clearly, are you getting what you need and are you hitting your targets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned something very important, Rachel, is that the result base. And a, a lot of uh, corporate type businesses I found were not so much result based, but, oh, you know, is everyone here? And I do, I, do I see them busy? And busy yeah. doesn't actually mean they're working on your work. Actually, I've gone past some desks and people are playing on some games or Facebook or something. So, I mean, th- that's not necessarily being busy in the company. But what I like that you said is basing things on result based. And that's what I found working with a lot of my clients. Actually, things became a lot more result-based and oriented. Like the, the clients, uh, what do you call it? The employees were a lot more productive working from home. And then when I got their feedback, they were like, well, I have no cues to stop. So now I'm like working 10 hours and I just don't stop, because, which can be unhealthy for another reason. But on the other hand, you don't got that, oh, let me go to the water cooler and just talk to Jay right now or something like that because yeah. <laughs> now you're, you don't have any of those cues. So there are the plus and minuses. Now, what do you find for leaders to really get in touch about how to build those result-based metrics where they could really get a clue on what needs to change, what could we fix, what could we tweak? Well, I think a couple of things. I think one, getting really clear on what is the vision? What is it? What are the results you're even looking for? And so having that clarity and that communication and having, you know, understanding of progress and what we're driving toward, that is really important. When things are kind of going in a million different directions, which, you know, we use the term VUCA all the time, you know, the volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity piece, that is the environment we live in. And so leaders have the struggle of balancing how much structure is enough. Mm-hmm. So it, like guardrails on the highway, how do we put guardrails on the highway, you know, rumble strips, guardrails before we hit the ditch kind of thing and allow for creativity from our employees because too much structure can be limiting. And I like to talk about like, what's the jungle gym, like enough mm-hmm. structure and then let people play. Ooh, I love that. I mean, it's so interesting to me because I've worked at a couple of companies way back where they were very lax, like, hey, we know you know your thing. Go for it. Just share with us when you find new stuff and you're doing new things, what you're doing. And so I like revamped the whole AR department, came up with a new process. And, you know, I just had to share it with the, my my leaders before I just went out there and did it. But they were so open to that. And then I've been in other places where the red tape was just insane and 10 hours, 10 million uh, months of going through different you know, red tape and managers and departments, la, la, la. Um, so, yeah, you're right. When you can get that jingle What's it called? Jungle gym. Jingle gym. <laughs> you know, set up where, okay, now it's set up their structure, but they're able to explore, expand, and grow, and hence grow your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that's a fabulous, fabulous way to do it. Now, the one thing I hear from a lot of the leaders is they are like, how many meetings or too many meetings? Like if everyone's working from home, do I need to have more meetings just to make sure people are, are there and working? Um, one thing I found from a lot of the employees is they're feeling over burnt out with the zoom meetings. Like they're Mm -hmm. actually doing more meetings. What is your take on all of that? 
Well, and I think it's two things. Uh, and let's talk, talk about on the fear of missing out piece first. I think there is a lack of that connection where we just run into people, you know, the old proverbial water cooler, or yeah. in my case, the coffee pot, because I'm drinking quite <laughs> a bit of coffee. But those informal interactions don't happen this way. I mean, yeah, there's Slack, there's, you know, chat, all of that kind of thing. And so sometimes I think those meetings are being scheduled to kind of supplement or take the place of those very informal meetings. Mm-hmm. The other piece, though, about the work, mm. I think it's the wrong question. I think the question is how how impactful or how valuable are your meetings? And if they're not, <laughs> then it's not about more or less. It's about restructuring so that you're actually getting value out of the time you have together. Because there is nothing that burns people out faster than wasted time coming out of those long meetings. And nothing has seemed to change. That is, you are so right. That's the number one complaint I get from employees that I keep having all these meetings. At the end of the day, we're talking the same stuff every single week. And, you know, you mentioned something also very important, Rachel, that, you know, I think some of the meetings are being set up because people are meeting other people. So they want to make sure they have that connection. But what you could do in a couple of companies I've heard of doing are like once a week, they have this, you know, happy hour, just like a half hour before quit time. So go get some drink of whatever it is, <laughs> alcohol, wine, or Water. And yeah, and and we'll just like chit chat and hang out and do that thing we used to do in the office. So that way you have that structured time where you are connecting and, you know, maybe do it once or twice a month just to reconnect people with each other in a more personal level. Absolutely. I, it it always goes back to what's your objective. And that's true of meetings. It's true of pretty much anything. And then build backwards in terms of, okay, if that's my objective, what's going to help me achieve whatever it is I'm trying to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. So share with me, how does it work when people come to the, you know, to your company and start working with you? How do you work with businesses? How do you help them at the practical stage? What does it look like? Well, it's really tailored to what's going on with them, but I think people still, it helps to have a few boxes to understand. So a lot of times when people come, especially for coaching, there's, there's maybe three different reasons they come to me. One, they're coming because they have someone who's really high potential and they want to make sure that person grows. And all of us as leaders, as we grow, it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's a tailored experience. And I think one of the challenges becomes people think leadership is this thing and it needs to be tailored in two ways. First and foremost, it needs to be tailored based on who we are. Mm -hmm. This is not a reinvention. It's about bringing out the best Mm -hmm. that we have and and really channeling that into leadership. Mm -hmm. And then it's about the environment we're in. It's It's one environment to be in a small entrepreneurial company where there is maybe a lot more hands on for a particular leader. And then there's what's required in a global matrix organization, which is far more complex, far more leading by influence. And it requires something different, but it's still like, you know, the individual showing up and how do you bring the best out? So that's Mm. high potentials. Mm -hmm. Then there are leaders that are struggling. They're in a particular situation. And for whatever reason, they've been promoted or the situation has changed or something is happening and helping them again, tap into what's, what's happening with this particular role? Where's the disconnect? And what, what makes sense for them on how they can step up and step in using their strengths, recognizing their weaknesses and really setting the, being set up for success. Yeah. Because a lot of times people think, oh, if a leader's successful in one situation, they'll be successful in any situation. Yeah. You know, we learn and we've learned as we go, but there are times where we are just 
in a completely different context. And we yeah. need some feedback. We need some, we need some support. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is that leaders aren't gods. Uh, yeah. they, they make mistakes and it's a process. What I found out in my own leadership roles, I had gotten promoted many years ago into a manager role, my very first manager role. And I was really scared to even give the first, like my team, here's what we're going to do. Here's this project and getting everyone on board with the vision. Just and then growing myself as a person, what I find about leadership, it's really growing as a person. You have to become self-aware of what are your weaknesses, where do I need to grow? And then hopefully the organization is there to help you um, grow and not just say, oh, you're not doing a good job, throw you out. It's like, no, it's an ongoing process. It's not like, boom, I'm there. I'm the best leader ever. It's, it's Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I say, too, is that until the world around us stops changing, we are never <laughs> finished growing as leaders. That's right. <laughs> never. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's the third piece, too, that I help a lot of times with. Sometimes it's more of a formal leadership development process. Sometimes leaders need a sounding board, a thought partner, somebody who will really help them think more effectively. Mm. And even with the best intentions of the folks around them, sometimes there's just things either you're not looking to talk to uh, your boss about or your, your manager. Sometimes your peers are really they want to help and they're quick to jump in and try to solve the problem but you really need somebody to help you unpack kind of how you're thinking about it. And then there's some things that just aren't appropriate to talk about with your team until they're really fully baked. Mm -hmm. And so having that thought partner, having someone to really be able to challenge you, be honest with you and yet not try to jump in to solve it, but help Mm -hmm. you come to your own conclusions. That's really powerful and, and rare a lot of times for leaders. Yeah, it is. You know what I found? It's a, it's very, very, very lonely up there. (laughs) It is because one thing I found about leaders is, you know, as I got higher up into companies, the CEO doesn't want to pretend he has issues that he needs to talk out because it makes you feel what I find in the corporate world weak and no one wants to come off as weak. So everyone's just like, oh yeah, I got it down. My team. Yeah, we're great. Uh," You know, but no one wants to be the one that doesn't have their stuff together. Um, so everyone's like, oh yeah, we got this. And so what it is, I like that you're talking about is that when you have that mentor, now you're able to soundboard with them. And there's none of this like, oh, I have to prove myself and look like I have zero weaknesses, which is absurd because everyone has weaknesses or things they can work on or things they need to talk out. And so to have that accountability and mentorship is, is optimal. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will tweak it just a little bit because I see, I see mentoring and coaching a little bit different. Mentors okay. tend to be people who have walked in exactly the shoes ah, you've, you've walked in. Got and it. a coach comes in and it's really about pulling kind of the, as opposed to telling, it's about, you know, kind of pulling that out of you. Mm-hmm. And I, but both, I would say, serve very slightly different purposes, but it's all kind of like having a team yeah. and you get different, you get different things from different players on your team. Yeah. And regardless trust and what you were talking about, having someone you trust and that you can open up to and be vulnerable in those situations and be able to say, I I don't know, Mm -hmm. and have a partner who can come alongside you. That is invaluable. It is. It is. And and I've heard some people say, well, you know, I don't want to spend on, you know, getting this leadership training or hiring this coach or consultant or whatever. And and really it's not about money because how invaluable is it that you can grow and have your team grow and at the end of the day, make profit for your company or your the business you're working for. It's invaluable because this you take on forever. You can bring it to any other new job you go to or any new business you start. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we also don't look at 
we talk about the cost or the investment essentially that we make in ourselves or we make in the team, but we also can think of examples where there weren't investments made, there wasn't ongoing growth, and the impact it had on the, the business when it failed or when something went horribly wrong. And there's a huge cost of that kind of impact especially when you look back and think, wow, this, this really could have been avoided. Yes. Yes. I've been there. I, I early on did this big event in Manhattan and didn't hire a lawyer to help me do the contract. It turned out to a horrendous event where I actually lost money instead of gained money. And, and then also I went into the partnership with a friend and without that clear contract, which if we had gone to an attorney, I think would have caused us not to break up a friendship and of course would have been a profitable for both of us. So yeah, lesson learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of that, like you're saying, even with best intentions, and it's not even just contracts or other things, but the way we communicate as human beings, we have filters and expectations and we, we of what we think we understand with each other. And even when two people go in with the best intentions, best understanding of what they think is, is true, it, it, sometimes you need to be able to take that one step to be able to articulate it, especially very clearly in that space in between yeah. to make sure everybody's really on the same page and that people have a chance to challenge yeah. the thinking of each other in a way that feels, again, productive, not yeah not undermining each other, but just truly a productive conflict in a way of like, are we getting to the best result based on how we're approaching this? Yeah. And, th and that's why that third party in, in whatever case you're dealing with, whether you need a coach or, or an attorney, it's that third party to look at both sides and say, okay, guys, the kind of mediator that's like, okay, guys, is this what you mean? Is this what you mean? Oh no. Okay. Let's talk it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this has been so great. I know that you've left so many insights for our audience to just take and grow and uh, how can people get in touch with you, uh, work with the Practical Sage? How can they do that? Oh, absolutely. Probably the best and the easiest way is to go to my website. It's the practicalsage.com. It's just it's not like it sounds, the T-H-E practical, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-A-L sage, S-A-G-E.com. Otherwise, I'm Rachel Burr. You can find me on LinkedIn, Rachel Ember. Uh, any way you would like to reach out, I would love to hear from you. Well, that's fabulous. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you coming out and sharing your great wisdom today on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Christina. You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's